The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. Today's episode, Should Executive Pay Be Regulated? Originally aired on August 5th, 2009. So what was said back then? Well, myself, Jim Stroud, uh, and Karen Madden discussed the issue of executive pay. Should it be regulated? I said no, but Karen, of course, says yes. An argument begins that lasts way longer than it should have. Then Lance Hahn of HRM Today added his views, and then things got really heated. Eventually, the conversation focused on how Lance was able to get a new job in HR without a resume. How? Apparently, all he needed was his blog. Plus, the announcement of a very popular blog being auctioned on eBay. Can you guess which one? All this and more in another action-packed episode of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. Employer brand professionals know that doing great work involves doing big, high-level strategic thinking and getting your hands dirty. That sounds like the kind of work you want to do. Come listen to the Talent Cast. It's the world's most highly caffeinated employer brand podcast. Launching an innovation in HR tech is no small feat. With all of the noise and countless vendors in the market, sometimes the most promising innovations don't get the chance they deserve to impact HR. And while early and growth stage founders are highly innovative, most aren't experts at scaling revenue to drive growth and support their vision, which can mean the end of the road for many startups. That's where Pure ACV comes in. We've had the great fortune of working with some of the most innovative brands in HR tech for over three decades to build compelling messaging and solid, scalable teams that drive growth, giving these innovations a chance to impact how HR is done. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Matinen, and welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry, and it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in The Recruiter's Lounge. This episode of The Recruiter's Lounge is brought to you by The Searchologist. The Searchologist is a blog that gives tips, tricks, and strategies about online lead generation and resume sourcing. It is ideally suited for recruiters and sourcers seeking passive candidates. The Searchologist is updated each week and features tutorials, how-to videos, forum discussions, and weekly video broadcasts over the Internet. It is chiefly written by yours truly, Jim Stroud, but will soon feature content from other leaders in the field. Check it out online, www.jimstroud.com, and click on the link called The Searchologist. That's www.jimstroud.com. Click that link, The Searchologist. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another exciting action-packed episode of the Recruiter's Lounge. I'm your host with the most, Jim Stroud, and with me, as always, my faithful companion, my BFF, the source of so much agony, Karen Madden. How are you, Karen? Yeah, look at that. I mean, what's up, the faithful companion? I'm the little puppy dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you're 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 the BFF and the source of much accusation, but that's all part of your charm. Uh huh. Okay, go ahead. I want to hear more. Um. No. Okay, go ahead. What's what's the topic today? Well, you know what? Uh, we got a couple topics because we're, we're going to be fortunate enough to have a guest in the studio here in just a moment. But before I we introduce our guest, I want to bounce something off of you that I'm sure that you will agree with me because you always say I'm right about everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. There's this article in Time magazine uh-huh. that was uh, debating the issue, should executive pay be regulated? Uh-huh. And when I saw that, I had the what I thought was the common sense response of no, because right. because if the government is going to regulate pay on any scale for any company, they do. That's the surest way to get people to go overseas. But they do. If you're going to tell wait, if you're going to tell me that I can only make so much money here, and then someone in Japan says, "Hey, I'll give you this much money," but they do it there too. They do what there? Regulate just like everybody else. We have minimum wage in America. That's not executive pay. But, no, you said regulate wages. If we can regulate minimum wage, why can't we regulate um, executive pay? Mm, I don't like that. I don't like that. It goes against everything I – not everything. Well, yeah, it goes against my capitalist capitalist, uh, ideology. Okay, so you like the way life is right now in America, how we've got into depression all due to capitalism? A person should be able to make as much money as they can, as much as the market will allow. Okay, we're not okay. So what happens when they don't deserve it and they get these really beautiful, um, what do you call them, uh, the umbrellas? That's subjective. It's not subjective. Government should. I don't feel the government should be able to say, okay, we feel because of your performance, you can't make this much amount of money, or we feel that no one should make this amount of more than this amount. How about this? How about pay for performance? That's up for a company to decide, not the government. Well, see, when companies decide certain things, then they end up and end up being like how we've got this huge problem with, you know, Wells Fargo and that was illegal activity. No, 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 that's true. They let, it was up to them to do what they wanted to do, and guess what? Our banks actually was supposed to supposed to stay, head off, right? No, I mean Madoff did what he wanted to do because we didn't regulate him either. Broke the law, but that's just because he oh, broke but, the law. These guys do. The law and made it and made it all bad. Doesn't mean that everybody has to be under the same umbrella that you can't. I have a question. You got almost every bank in America. If they haven't closed down, they've been almost saved, and we're saving them. So the government's saving them. We the tax person is saving them. We the citizens are saving these people. So these guys can have their nice little umbrella, so they could go ahead and screw up all these companies and then leave with these millions of dollars for even screwing up these companies. And you're saying that's subjective. I'm saying that the government should not have its hands in regulating how much money somebody should make. Why? Would they regulate what we make for money? As much, it is today. As far as the maximum someone can make. I have no problem with the minimum wage, but I, I do have a problem with the maximum. Hold on. And actually, you know what? I might have a slight problem with the minimum wage. A slight problem with the minimum now, wage. Now, I got a question bringing, well, bringing back the problem here. I don't have a problem that if a CEO is going to go ahead and get paid for performance where if he makes a million dollars worth in sales and he's going to get paid on a million dollars worth of sales and that way he's getting paid for working, not for sitting at home watching Oprah and scratching his nuts. Well, see, that, please, language, that has no, that has, I have no problem with that 
from a company culture perspective. But I don't want Uncle Sam. Company culture, they make the company. Uncle Sam should not come in and say you could, your CEO can only make one hundred thousand. Your CEO can only make seventy five thousand. CEOs set the company culture. Excuse me, you're saying depending on company culture. I'm going to set the company culture of what I'm going to get paid, and I'm going to go ahead and make sure that if I want to watch Oprah all day and do nothing, I can set that, and also make sure that when I die, my wife still gets money. But they still, that's that's something that has to look be looked over, reviewed by the board of directors. Of directors, dude, the CEOs that hey. make the company's cultures are on the board of directors of other companies that they set us for. So they CEOs are not kings, board of directors are not kings. They still have to answer to the stock. Stockholder does not like what's going on, and they start divesting from the company, then no one's going to make any money. Exactly the point. Why do you think we're in a recession today? Because nobody did make any money. The companies all went bankrupt, and they're all in hurt because the CEOs did this. They cheapened themselves out of labor, the companies out of labor, whilst they kept putting big, big fat pocket checkbooks in them on them themselves. You know, you know what? We, we got a, vis- a guest here. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to say that. Let's let's not have weave uh, through blood in the water. Let's yeah. if, if how, how they going to shut up to and listen. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna let you do it. Karen, would you introduce our guest, please? I to talk. Oh my God! Go ahead, introduce our guest, please. We have a wonderful guest actually on board, and I really am excited about this guy because he's got a story to share that's amazing. Story. His name is Lance Han. Lance, come on board and get yourself first off. Introduce yourself about who you are, what you do, and then get into on this argument. Awesome. Lance, are you there? Um, yeah, my name is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've I've been listening and uh, and watching the back and forth here. Um, so yeah, my name my name is Lance Hahn. I, I I run the blog yourhrguy.com. I've been doing that for over three years. I've also been a HR uh, person practicing in the field for uh, the past six years. And uh, uh, let's see, last uh, last week I got laid off, um, and I'm uh, transitioning out of uh, the HR practitioner and into a more uh, a, a vendor role, actually. Mm-hmm. So this is a good topic for you right now, too, then, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you feel about it? So I guess I'm uh, I'm going to have to spend more with Jim on this one. <laughs> In your face, Karen! Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shocked, um, okay? You know, I'm I, not I, surprised. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a big time pro freedom guy, so I like I like not having uh, the government in the hands of 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 what uh, um, you know companies are paying, what companies are doing. I think there's uh, a little bit too much regulation right now, anyways. Well, there is so adding an adding an extra level of bureaucracy there. I don't know, it doesn't work for me. Although I mean, honestly, um, one way or the other, I mean. I, I mean, if it comes down to it, I guess I don't care too much. I'm not getting executive level pay yet, so uh, it will only really impact me when I get to that level. Okay, now here's a question, okay? I want to bring this to both of you. There is a statement that um, Madoff made about two years before he got busted. He said he could never do anything illegal because there was so much government regulation in America. Now, when people tell me that there's a lot of government regulation, I get kind of shocked because a lot of people don't recognize that regulation actually, like even um, Sarbanes-Oxley and all those were pretty much taken away by, uh, I can't remember what his name is from 
Cox, a fox from the SEC, totally deregulated much of this area. You know, we lost a lot of regulation, not gaining regulation. That was due to the lack of regulation that we are today where we're at today. So my question is, is, is that when we look around what's happening right now, which, by the way, is exactly reminiscent to what happened during the Great Depression. In fact, Jim, if you remember correctly, as of three years ago, I said we were heading towards another Great Depression. And you guys all laughed at me, but I said this is what's going to happen. It's going to, and the reason I said it was because of the fact that we had problems with the lack of regulation in this country. Because that, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but this SEC was created during the Great Depression because of the same problems. They had the same type of fraud going on in the stock market, almost reminiscent to what's going on today. So now, my question to both of you is, when you've got a CEO working on the board of Ceridine, and he's also now sitting on the board of Intel, and he's on the board of directors, and all the board of directors are on his company at Ceridine are also on the board of directors, are also CEOs of other companies that he's a board of director of. And they're all scratching each other's backs. Can you guys not understand that how this could possibly have such an adverse impact in our economy? as it does today. Okay, who wants to go first? Lance, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 think, I think the issue is if, 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 the, if the board of directors who are elected by the shareholders, who are the owners of the company, if, if, they all, if they all agree that this is how they want to do business, it's bad business. I agree. It's, it's, it's not a good thing. But the, the company should be allowed to do those things and fail. I mean, that, that's, that's how we punish companies in this country. I mean, at least, at least that's how I see it. I, that, that's always how I've kind of viewed these companies that do a lot of stupid things that people want to re-regulate. You know, hey, let them fail. If, if what they're doing is stupid, they, they'll, they'll pay the price eventually. Well, my question to that, then, if the, the problem is in their failing is that it hurts not just you or me or the shareholders of that particular company, but it hurts the six to ten to fifteen to twenty thirty thousand people who work at that company. Circuit City, no more. You got all these companies, no more, and so many jobs lost that aren't being rebuilt today because nobody was telling these guys, hey, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. There were certain laws in place that say you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. They broke the law. They weren't anymore. They took away a lot of those laws. Cox took away a tremendous number of laws as of four years ago. That's why it was a joke. He was, it was a joke when what's-his-name said, there are so many regulations I could never get away with doing anything wrong. This is when he was, at the time, stealing our country blind. So that's what you'll see between Karen and I if you listen to some of the other podcasts is that it's the basic idea, ideological difference between us. Uh, <laughs> Karen is more of a big government gal. Oh, I hate when people say that. <laughs> Whereas I believe Uncle Sam needs to be a little less, and I think, I think it should be more individual, less government, and I think Karen I believe in self-regulation. I want to clarify this. I'm a firm believer in self-regulation. But I do because I believe that even with capitalism, you can't have capitalism without government regulation. You cannot. And they have, we have proven that in this economy right now. Okay. Without government regulation, I mean, let's take what happened with the oil and gas. It was all speculation, not Middle East, that made our, right, our gas go up. 
We hurt the whole country as a whole, put businesses out of business and put people out of labor. And our wages today, this, we have lost $1.6 billion in one month just due to wages. We have never had, this is the lowest that wages have dropped since recorded history. As of today, we have never dropped that low. So the fact is, I can understand great capitalism and everything else, but when you've got to look at the millions and hundreds of million people living in America, I'm sorry, but when you've got a man making $6 million or $60 million, you think he's going to be thinking about the best interests of the individuals of working for him, or do you think he's working about his own back pocket? Wait, 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 wait. So you think everybody should be at the same economic level? No. Heck no. I'm not into communism, for God's sake. <laughs> Okay, Lance, we've had this argument back and forth on and off the air. I'm rolling my eyes, and you can't see that, neither can anyone else who's watching it. Communism. No, I didn't say anything like that. I, think I, I didn't say that. I just... okay, Germany, you have CEOs. Do you in America make our executives, CEOs, make nearly 100 times more than any other executives in any other country? But they have, they make a lot of money. Now, Americans, if we regulate ours, no, they won't go to Japan. They make a lot of money because people are paying in that. Because Japan, they do regulate. In Europe, they do regulate. Every other country does. So they don't go away. If they a, don't leave us. If a company wants the best, they're going to ante up. And if they don't ante up, the person's going to go somewhere else. If the company wants the best, a person, I, I'm a salesperson. And I can tell you, as a salesperson, I would rather be paid a lower salary and higher commissions. And a good CEO is going to think like that. Okay. That's a, that's a subjective thought. No, that's a gross deal. I believe in myself. Look, I'm not saying I'm disagreeing. I'm saying it's a subjective thought, and, I'm, and and regardless of the thought, it shouldn't be regulated by the government, which is my own, which, is, which is my standing. We regulate minimum wages. Why shouldn't we regulate the minimum maximum in that aspect? I have a slight problem with minimum wage. It's a very slight problem, but I do have a slight problem with it. Okay. If you raise minimum wage up too much, and it's going to bring up the cost of doing business, which means that business will not have enough money to hire more people. Wait, okay, if you raise minimum wage, more people buy your product. There's more people to spend money on your product that you end up hiring more people because you have more people buying your product. Remember, wages just declined, not went up. This is the lowest wages have been ever since recorded history. And that means consumer spending is also the lowest almost ever. So, yes, in raising minimum wages, you're going to find that absolutely the opposite is going to happen. More people will be there to buy the product. Minimum wage has been raised. The minimum wage has been raised. Yes. I mean, uh, it's it's been raised every year the last couple of years. Oh, actually, do you know federally that the minimum wage first time ever raised was last year in 20 years? It's statewide, yes. It might have been raised in some states, but only 20 states compared to federal were actually raised it. Federal had not been raised for almost 20-something years. So, so you're saying that as of now, wages are at the lowest point, even though we've pushed through a a huge minimum wage increase. Man, oh, the huge the minimum wage only years. went up last week. So yeah. No, there, there was there was there was one last year too. That that one was based upon per state, and it was a minor minimum wage, but it was not a huge minimum. This one was huge, but yes. Wages had been declining. What people don't know this, wages had been declining eight times in the past, actually nine times in the past ten years. 
But this is the worst it ever, this last month was the worst it ever declined in recorded history. We lost $1.6 billion in just one I'll month. Blaming all this on the capitalistic system? No. I'm not blaming it on anything. I'm blaming it on the fact that right now, if you don't have more wages, then you have less consumer power. power. That's what I'm saying is that we have a problem. I'm not blaming anything. I'm just saying here's a fact, and how do we resolve it? You don't resolve it by lowering wages. Wait. People keep saying, hey. Wait. We're going to a long political diatribe discussion. I'm not getting into politics. You are. That's not even, that wasn't even the main point of the show. I thought it was be like a... Okay, one thing. Unemployment. Everybody keeps thinking unemployment's an issue. Not unemployment that's the problem. It's the lack of new jobs that's the problem. We need new jobs to help fix the economy. Or more, or more entrepreneurs. Well, entrepreneurs do create jobs. But the problem is even if you have an entrepreneur, you have to have people spending to buy into your product. You could be an entrepreneur, but if nobody's buying your product, then you're wasting... Time. Unless you're doing a product or service that businesses will buy. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like you guys you can you can look at eBay which is making money right now, and you can look at Amazon, it's still making money right now. If you if you look at um Apple that's making money right now, if you provide a product or service that people will want, they'll buy it no matter what. Yeah, people are getting rid of their cell, regular phones and buying into cell phones because it's more, especially when you're looking for a job, it's much more easier to have. And you're right, Amazon, eBay, and a lot of those places where you can get lower prices are making and kicking butt. Absolutely true. But now let's go back to the entrepreneur. If we have a million entrepreneurs coming out, do you think all of them are going to succeed? Maybe not. A million in one, I mean. They're all on that same, but you were they saying. They all had the same product. That's how they all became Amazon. You were saying they need more jobs, and I was saying they need to be more entrepreneurs. Well, let's, okay. That's not necessarily an agreement. Jobs. Even if you're being an entrepreneur, creating a job for yourself. But the thing is, again, now who's going to pay for your health benefits? Who's going to pay for your 401K? You know, I mean, I'm you yourself, you are an entrepreneur, yes. Then you, you have to get it for your own. But you will still always work for the man because you always want your 401K. You always want your health benefits. There are other options out there. Hello, Lance. You had a positive story. <laughs> in the yes, very- he did. Let's go with that. Let's talk. <laughs> let Lance talk. But about that. <laughs> no matter how I counter Karen, she'll keep on arguing it. So go ahead. Yeah, probably a good idea. Got a good idea to transition out of that. Yes. <laughs> Instead of all the gloom and doom that some people want to uh, promote, I want to talk about some of the positive things that have happened in, in in this world. Now, Lance, you had a very interesting story about how you. Um, I got the position that you're working on now or transitioning to yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, like I said, about a week ago uh, I, I was laid off from my uh, position um, where I was working as an HR generalist. Um, and as you know, I've got a, I've got a blog, yourhrguy.com. Um, got a pretty good following there, so I kind of posted there. Um, several other people posted, and it was passed along through uh, – Twitter, Twitter. And, and and all of those things. I mean, there's there's a big big bunch of people that that forwarded on my information on Twitter. Got a lot of emails, um, and um, get, actually got a uh, person um, from uh, this company I'm working for who's been reading my blog for about the last six months. Saw saw that I was uh, available. Um, you know, been reading my blog for six months, so he kind of uh, you know knew me. Uh, better than any resume is going to tell him. Better than any interview is going to tell him. Um, and you know, he he said, "Hey, is this uh, this opportunity that you 
you're interested in. I know it's not strictly HR, but it it does interface a lot with that. You can do more social media. You can do more blogging, um, those sorts of things. You can talk to HR professionals all day, talk to them about what, what they're doing with their employees and, and those sorts of things. Um, and, you know, we, we talked back and forth last week, and, uh, man, it was a good fit. So uh, we, you know, shook hands on it over the phone, basically. They're based um, out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, I'm working out of Portland, Oregon. Um, so it's uh, it's it's a really cool story. I mean, it's uh, it's something that I you know I tell people I, I never sent them a resume. We never did an application or we didn't do ever a formal interview. We kind of just kind of jumped into this conversation on, okay, can I help you guys? Okay, what way? That sort of thing. So it was it was it was very cool, kind of a, a next generation sort of thing. I mean that that's that's how uh, I mean I'm sure that's how a lot of people would prefer to hire candidates, somebody that they they really know and and understand and, and, and see where they're coming from. That's very cool. I read this article. Uh, actually, I read two articles recently about something similar to this. One was on um, the research goddess, amybethale.com. She had an article where she was following up, actually on an article she had submitted to com, where um, she was saying how these hiring managers bypass recruiters entirely and just talk to people on Twitter and I think um, on some other social networks and build up a conversation, and one thing led to another and ended up hiring them. So it just really strikes in my mind how important it is to really brand yourself online and just to get out there and, and to share your expertise because um, because people out there are reading and, and watching. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting strategy. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see if it's going to take more of a hold uh, in the next in several years. Uh, I, I think it's become more and more popular. Well, may I make something, too? And I think it was you who might have said that, or actually, well, who was it that might have mentioned it? They said, you know, you should at least call or get connected to at least two or three people you connect with on Twitter or on these networks to at least establish right. connections. Because, I mean, let's think about it. <clears throat> if you didn't, A, have content, or B, at least have a strong positive network, you wouldn't have had such a force as well, people wanting to help you or get the word out or, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you've yeah. made yourself actually out there and put yourself out there so people can actually know who you are and be willing to hear what you have to say. Right. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's always been kind of my philosophy, and I'm sure you guys can understand that too. I mean, you know, you're, you don't want to just uh, – you know, sit in your basement and your parents' basement and blog all day. That's that's not what blogging is about. It's about it's about making connections and and making those personal connections, whether it be by email or or connecting on Twitter or or, or just going back and forth in, in comments. I mean, if, if you're not if you're just pushing out content, um, that's that's the I mean that's the least common denominator of, of blogging, and that that's not going to help you out much. I, I just I don't think so at all. What do you think, as a person who has done really well with their blog, do you have any tips to give people like Jim and myself? Yeah, we we can use some help here. And Jim, Jim. I think Jim does. I think Jim does a great job. He does an excellent job, but we can always learn from others. <laughs> always room for improvement. I think is what she's saying. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I think. I think. I mean, I, I think the big thing, and and this is always one thing I've kind of stressed is. 
is is that you um, you know you you spend just like I, I think I think this is a good personal philosophy too. You spend uh, and maybe it's kind of a uh, a nice uh, end to our political conversation. You spend more time listening to to other people and learning from them than you spend talking. Or anything along those lines, but that's I mean that's that I mean that that's been the way that I've done it. I I I don't post. A ton. I, I post once or twice a week most times. Um, I spend a lot of time reading, listening, talking to people, um, and so that's that's what's worked for me. And 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 it's not something that's that's done a whole lot. Uh, um, at least in the community, a lot of people are posting, maybe sending comments out, trying to get traffic. To me, it's more about making connections with people I wouldn't have made connections with otherwise. And that that's that's the other cool part about this. It just you know, it's it's an opportunity that I never would have had if if I hadn't uh, gone out and made those relationships with people. I mean, it it just wouldn't have happened. You know, I, as you were saying, I was thinking that um, with people uh, reaching out to people through other social networks and means that kind of thing, would that mean the death of the resume? Would anybody mind that the resume just died and people just talked out there in the blogosphere? And other people who are looking for people with, with their talent just reached out to them that way. I can't uh, see that happening. Not with all the government regulation. Oh, sorry, guys, regulation. But that's- <laughs> <laughs> nah, we can't get around it. It's there. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's there. She she had to do that. I I knew that was coming. No, because it's there. I mean, unfortunately, whether or not we like it, that regulation. Oh, whether we like it or not, right? Exactly. I right? We can't get okay, but I do want to come back to something that Lance said. Okay. Uh, no, 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 because we're about to, we're about to run out of time. We're on a schedule. So I'm gonna cry now. No, you're gonna cry. I had to ask I had to ask Lance a question too. Uh, you can't because it's running out of time. So there. Because this is a quick question. I might win too, but that's okay. Uh, Lance, I heard that there was a certain site going up for. Um, Going up for bid soon. Did yeah, you hear anything about ask him. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, uh, HRM today. Um, so um, Lori Rudman and I uh, basically uh, put together this site about um, a year ago. It's a great, um, by the way. I'm a member of it. It's really good. Yes, definitely. And so, so basically, we've we've uh, we, we've put it up. We're, we're going to be putting it up for auction uh, Wednesday. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be up. It'll be up on all of our sites. The link to it and and everything. We're gonna start bidding as low as possible. So I think we could go to one penny. So if it sells for one penny, that's that's what we're gonna sell for. There's no reserve. Oh, so you guys call to me so there's, there's Wow, no, so you would you would let it go for one penny if someone bid two pennies on it. If somebody does two pennies on it by the end of the auction, then then that's what we're gonna sell it for. Now, I mean, how that, long is the auction gonna be? It's gonna be for ten days. So. Okay. Uh, it, it it's gonna we're gonna kind of maximize exposure as much as possible, but uh, we really want to. I mean, if 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 possible, I mean, obviously we can't pick the the winning bidder, but obviously we'd we'd love to see somebody that wants to keep the community continuing to to grow and do that. And and really, it's a it's a matter of both. Lori's blog has just exploded. I don't know if you if you've noticed that, but she's she's, spe- she's speaking everywhere. Lori Rudiman of uh, Punk Rock HR. Oh yeah. Her blog has exploded, and she's speaking everywhere. So she's busy. I'm busy, and we we both don't have the time to do it. So we hope we can find somebody that has the time, that has the passion, and, and really wants to really wants to keep. Have it you going. guys thought about maybe just hiring someone instead? 
Uh, well, I mean, no. I mean, because we, we, we haven't really done much on, on the side of revenue. We just, that's not been our shtick. We, we don't, we, I don't know. We don't do that. We don't do, we don't do much advertising. We don't do much anything along those lines. Almost everything that we get as far as, um, you know, schwag or, uh, you know, uh, cool prizes, we pass on to, to the people that are, that are part of the community. So that, that's and it really is, man. I have really enjoyed being a member. I asked one of the few places I actually go there and listen rather than talk much. <laughs> and on that note, before we close out, give out again your, the web address people can go and check it out. Yeah, yeah, hrmtoday.com. Um, human resources management today, basically. Um, that, that's where it's at. My site's yourhrguy.com. Got to get that plug in, too. Yes, definitely. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for enduring uh, this episode of the Recruit. <laughs> thank uh, you, guys. Thank you, uh, Jim and Karen. All right. And oh, it was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Well, that's the end of our show. And as always, you've been a very great audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or simply hate what you just heard, uh, please let us know. You can reach me, Jim Stroud, at jim at therecruiterslounge.com or karen at therecruiterslounge.com. Also, if you would, please uh, subscribe to us by iTunes or just subscribe to the site, uh, of course, therecruiterslounge.com. The theme song of the Recruiter's Lounge is courtesy of Brain Bucket and the Podsafe Music Network. Find them online at music.podshow.com. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, 